All right, NLC Cabin, you guys are having too much fun. Y'all sit down. I'm just playing. Man, it's so good to see you guys. My name is Chad Denman. Um, I'm one of the pastors at GLR at this particular time. Had a chance to oversee life groups statewide. Has, now God has called me to Saline County to plant another New Life Church there. So it is an honor to be here in NLC Cabot. You guys are doing some really cool things. Y'all give God praise for what he's doing at NLC Cabot. Man. I will tell you, I love your pastors, Pastor James and Cody Bennett. Um, I mean, that's, this, this is top-tier leadership right here. You guys are blessed to have the leadership in the house in James and Cody Bennett. So you guys give it up for your pastors. Well, man, y'all ready to get into the Word? It's 11.15. Y'all got to be a lot livelier than that. You guys have had time to get your coffee. You guys, it's 11, 11.30, I think, 11.40. Come on, y'all. Y'all ready? All right, now we talking. Let me first introduce my family to you real quick. This is my crew. Everybody say, ah, even if you don't want to. So that is my beautiful wife, Kendall, of 12 years. Um, I'm married up. That's all I got to say. I'm married up. I am thankful for the grace of God. Any other men in the house, this is a good time for you to score some brownie points. Anybody else thankful for the grace of God? All right, this is my son, my seven-year-old Kai. He is in the middle there. He is seven years old, Kai Avery right there. And then the kid, my four-year-old Ezra Clay over the left side of my shoulder. He is four years old. And then Gray Wesley, our 18-month-old, a house full of boys. It is amazing. And let me just say it this way. When Kendall and I had our first, it was two against one. We had it. Number two came, man to man. I can handle that. All of a sudden, three comes. We're playing zone defense, y'all. And I need you to pray for this, brother. It is fun in the Denman house. Everything is a wrestling match with three boys. Um, It is fun, but it is a lot, a lot of fun. We are in this new series called Path. Um, It is a joy to be with you this morning. I can't wait to see what God is going to do in this service. To him be the glory for everything he wants to accomplish and he does, and he he wants to do. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Go into it with just an open mind and an open heart. Because God has something special just for you. I believe it with all I have within me. So we're in this new series. It's actually built around the verse, uh, Psalms 23. A lot of you guys are familiar with that, but I want to read that to you. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. Everybody say shepherd. Aren't you thankful that he's a shepherd and not a dictator? He's a shepherd. He knows his flock. He knows us. I love that he's a shepherd. It says this, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path. Everybody say right. Right. It's not wrong. It's right. You thankful for that? The right path for his namesake, not for our namesake, but it's for Jesus. It's to make him famous. It's to make him big because he's the only hope that any of us have in this world has. Amen? So that's the heartbeat of why we're getting around this series called Path, and I'm excited about that. But I will say this, one of the biggest deterrences that I find in people being able to walk God's path for them, and we'll say purpose, or even how, just practically how to resolve even our relationships and having godly relationships, there's a big 
there's a big issue that comes up that can sometimes get in the way or block us from being able to walk this right path. And it's this one word, and it's called pride. Pride. And let me define pride for you this morning. And this is for me too. Let me just say it this way. I should be sitting where you're sitting. This is a message for me. Pride is this. It's when you make yourself bigger and God smaller. It's whenever you and I make God bigger or you make yourself bigger and God smaller. I'll say it this way, a couple of quotes that you can write down. So if you got your sermon guides, take some notes. It says this, pride must die in you or nothing of heaven can live in you. Pride must die in you first before heaven can even live inside of you. This is what I love about water baptism. This is basically making this declaration that God is really big in my life. Like I'm humbling myself. I've surrendered my life to Christ. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. I'm making him big, and I'm just declaring it to all of you guys for what he's done in my life. He saved me. He's rescued me because of his grace and his love and his forgiveness. Aren't you thankful for that? So this is a great day for these people that are walking in. They're just walking in with humility and just being humble and saying, I can't do it without him, and I want everybody to know that Jesus is my Savior. He is my Lord. I'm living it for him. It's a good moment this morning. It's a good time this morning as we celebrate those that are getting water baptized. But I will say pride shows up kind of categorically. It can show up in our marriage. I'll give you a real example. I mean, I I remember there was a time where I think Kendall and I were just kind of at odds. I know you find that hard to believe, right? I mean, just because of what you see even right here. I mean, you find that hard to believe that me and my wife would even fight. But we do. We fight. And I just remember it was like she was laying right beside me, and her hand was like just two to three feet away. And I knew that I, I was in the wrong, and all I had to do was just simply reach over grab her hand, and simply say, I'm sorry. But because of pride within me, it felt like that that hand was like a million miles away. And I couldn't get there until later on. How many of you know that our wives are really good about humbling us men? I know my wife is. Don't respond, don't raise your hand and you say that, okay? Don't do it. No, I'm just playing But I want us to pay attention because one of the biggest questions that I think is asked is, what is the worst sin according to the Bible? Seemingly, it's pride. How do we know that? How can we say that? One place it says that God hates it. I mean, if that's not clarity enough for us, like God opposes it, he hates it. It's huge. It's also a place when you're prideful that God says that I'm in opposition to you. I don't need God in opposition to me. I need God's grace. Amen? There's enough opposition as it is just as we live life. I need God on my side. But you know how you get God on your side? Is to walk in humility. Just trusting him, leaning in, dependent upon him. That's where we find it. I know a lot of us say around New Life Church is that one moment in the presence of God, anything can happen. We say that a lot, and I believe it with all I have within me. But I also know this, that the moment that you and I want to start walking in pride and we kick God's grace out, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And so we have to stay in this place of being humble and just walking in humility. It says it this way in James 4, 6. It says, God opposes the proud and he gives grace. Everybody say grace to the humble. Like pride got Satan kicked out of heaven. Y'all remember that? 
His name was Lucifer. He was actually a worship leader in heaven. And all of a sudden, he wanted the worship to be about him. And God's like, that's not going down. And he basically kicks, he kicks Satan, he kicks Lucifer out of heaven, and he describes it as like this lightning hitting the earth. That's how quick it happened. So let me just say it this way. If, if, if pride can get Satan or Lucifer kicked out of heaven, pride can get heaven kicked out of us. And I want us to get, get heaven kicked out of us. So I want us to pay attention. I want us to be careful that we, we stay in this place of just humility and just being dependent and being thankful for what God is doing around us. If we go back to the garden, go back to the garden with me. And you got Adam and Eve. And what, and what Satan says to her in that moment is she's basically saying this. If you eat of this tree, you're going to be like God. Eve wasn't feeding her face in the garden. She was feeding her pride. And we see what happens. And there's this warning that God is trying to say, hey, watch out. you got to be careful. And any of us can be exposed to it. God was approached by a scientist, and basically the scientist was saying, hey, God, we really don't need you anymore. We got this. You know, we're able to actually clone humans now. We can do organ transplants, and we've got this thing aced, and we really don't need that anymore because really what we're already doing is what we used to call miracles. And so God replies, you don't need me? Tell you what, let's do this. Let's have a, let's have a, a, a challenge here. And let's create a human being together. And we'll start from the very beginning in, in the way that I did it. And so the scientist reached down. He begins to kind of compile the dirt. And he says, wait, hold on just a second. Get your own dirt. Everything comes from him, church. Everything comes from him. Look, I need this message. There are times that I can miss it. Pastor Rick's pastor, his name is Pastor Roy Stocksdale. He said this, and this is really, really good. I would encourage you to write it down. He says this, a man that is on his face before the Lord will never fall from that position. A man who is on his face before the Lord will never fall from that position. This is huge for us to get. Proverbs 16, 18 says this, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 18, 12 says it this way, before his downfall, a man's heart is proud, but humility comes before honor. If you wanna be honored, be humble, and watch how God will push you up, will bring you up, prop you up. John, 30, or John 3, verse 30, it says this, John the Baptist gets this, he says this, he must increase and I must decrease. You have to go back to that particular passage. John the Baptist, he has his followers. He's talking about the coming king. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus comes in on the scene with his disciples. And there's like this kind of tension here because John the Baptist's disciples are like, I'm thinking that you're the one. John the Baptist comes out and he's like, look, I am from earth. This Jesus guy, he is from heaven. He says, I'm not even worthy to even tie his tennis shoes. He must increase and I must decrease, John 3.30. You can write this down. A prideful person, this is how you're able to identify if, if, if pride kind of resides and is in you. It's a prideful person wants to be noticed. A humble person notices. Let me bump it up for you. A prideful person has a need to be noticed. And a humble person notices the need. 
How are we doing in this area? How are we doing with, with pride? Let me just say it this way. Man, God wants you to be filled with his spirit. God wants you to use you in some tremendous ways to advance his kingdom. That is his heart. He wants to do some really big stuff in and through you. But I will tell you that he opposes the proud. And for some of us, that might be the reason why we're kind of capped. Any everybody, anybody ever, has anybody ever been capped in their relationship with God? Like you feel like you just can't move any further? Like move forward in your relationship. It's been that it's been those times, and I would always trace it back to this place of pride, even in my own life. Our culture rewards narcissism. I mean, think about the top entertainers and the top athletes. It's like everything has to evolve around them. I mean, you can even find it in our politics. You can even find it in the Republican side and the Democratic side. It's, it's all about their agenda and their opinion. And it used to be based on ideology that would push things and be able to advance things. But because we got these two parties that have pride so welled up within them, it's like, I'm not doing it. I'm standing my ground. We're going to do it my way. And then you got the other party on the other side. It's like, I'm going to stand here. I'm going to do it my way. And we're missing the humility piece and allowing God, just giving God a chance to be be able to restore and do some really big things through our government. Now, let me say this. The government is not the hope of the world. You and I are the hope of the world. But I know that the God wants to use the government to be able to accomplish some really great things too. But it's going to take humility, not pride. Proverbs 11.2 says this, when pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. Look, we cannot promote ourselves and develop our our walk with God at the same time. So what does pride do to a believer? Are you ready? Number one, pride produces deceiving mistakes. Bad mistakes happen, but what's even worse is whenever we don't even know it. Let me ask this question. Has anybody ever made a mistake in the house? Raise your hand if you made a mistake. Look at all the heathens. Ooh. But what's even worse is whenever we don't even know it, and pride does such a great job in kind of blinding us from even us achieving or even for us to be able to discover exactly what is happening in our life because pride blinds us, produces major blind spots in our lives. We have people come down and ask for prayer all the time. I've been doing student ministry and actually just ministry for about 21 years I started whenever I was 18 years old, whenever God called me into ministry. Some of you guys know that story. I've shared that before here. But I will tell you, there's a lot of people that will come down and they'll want prayer. And they'll want prayer for addictions, and I'm thankful for that. Or they want their marriage to be restored, I'm thankful for that. Or they just need healing in their body, and they're believing, and I'm believing for them, but that they find a healing in their body. But let me just say this. Seldom have I had anybody ever come down and say, Chad, I'm just going to be honest with you. There's just a lot of pride in my heart. You know the reason why? It's because it's hidden. It's difficult for us to see the pride that is in our lives. I'll say it this way. Some of you went home. You'll go home and you'll actually see something hanging out of your nose. Let me just say it this way. We saw it too. But what we're doing now is we're actually trying to read books and study the skill of being able to talk to a prideful person to be able to help them to say, hey, bro, you got to go to the bathroom and take care of that. But nobody ever wants to hear it. You ever been around that type of person? 
and we're trying to help a brother out, and they're like stiff arm. They're giving us the Heisman. We see it too. Let me just say this. There is no skill to be able to speak to a prideful person. Can't happen. But I will tell you, humility and humbleness, you have a teachable spirit in that place, and you can learn in that place. Saddam Hussein, he would actually make his generals basically always give him positive reports. They could never give him a negative report, ever. Or guess what would happen? He gone. I mean, seriously. So how many of you know that the reports got super optimistic? <laughs> like super optimistic. Even to the point where I'll say it this way, pride removes truth from our lives. They were trying to warn Saddam Hussein about America and how great America is, and you got to pay attention to the military, and he would just take them out. Pride removes truth from our lives. Anybody need truth spoken into your lives? Anybody need truth? Let's remove the pride so that we can get around the truth because I will tell you it's the truth that's going to set us free from a lot of the hurt and a lot of pain that we've been walking in for a really long time. Obadiah 1.3 says it this way, the pride of your own heart has deceived you. Number two, pride prevents spiritual growth. How many of you like to grow just spiritually? You just want to walk with God. You want to ace this. You want to get better and better and better. Pride is what like kicks this, this out for us. The word disciple in the Greek means learner. It does not mean I've learned. I'm going to say that one more time. The word disciple means learner. So there's this constant just growth. There's this constant learn that's happening in our walk with God. It does not mean I've already learned. So let's continue to stay in that place. This is why we have to have strong friends around us to be able to speak that into us. Proverbs 27, 17 says it this way. As iron sharpens iron, one friend sharpens another. Now, a lot of us, whenever we read that verse, it's like, oh, that's a cute verse. Have you ever seen iron sharpening iron? There are sparks flying. There's some tension. You can burn yourself on the metal. Any welders in the house? You've got to have these people in your life that is around you that can tell you the hard things. Yes, it's going to cause some friction. But if you're thankful for the friction to be able to deliver freedom in your life, aren't you thankful for the friction? Friction equates to freedom if you listen to it. It's huge. So let's have those people. Let's have those friends. It's a violent, that's a violent passage of Scripture whenever you think about it. And sometimes it's really difficult to be able to get around and really grab a hold. But if you've got those people that you know, they care. They care about you. They only want the best out of you. Then you're going to be opt to be able to give them permission to speak into your life. We've got to have those friends. Got to have those friends in our life. Proverbs 26, 12 says it this way. There is, no, there is more hope for a fool than for a man who is wise in his own eyes. What he's talking about is he's talking about this denial of pride. Proverbs 10, 17 says this, anyone willing to be corrected is on the pathway to life. Everybody say life. I like that pathway. But where does it start? Anyone willing to be corrected is on this pathway to life. Anyone refusing has lost his chance. Pride keeps us from getting help. Pride keeps us from, like, if we're struggling in our marriage, to be able to get around other married couples who have maybe gone through a difficult time that can then speak into our marriages. Or what about our finances? I will tell you this. Some of the greatest leaders I know have spotted their weaknesses 
and then, to be, and then they were able to find people who were really strong in those areas to actually speak to those weaknesses in their life. If you want to be a great leader, pride, let me just say it this way, will kick that out, though. You'll never be able to look at your weaknesses because it's like, look at me. I got this. But how many of us really got this? And the Lord's saying, hey, to be a great leader, I want you to spot what those weaknesses are, and then I want you to put some really great people in your life in order to prop you up and help you in those places. That takes humility. That takes humbleness to identify that and to see that. Number three, pride prevents intimacy. Pride prevents intimacy. You can't get close to people, prideful people. They build walls around themselves. I was talking to a lady. She's been married to this man for 28 years. And she will say, I love him, and I know that he loves me back, but I still don't know him. We have fun together, but he won't let me inside. I don't know anything, really, about how he feels and how he thinks. Pride prevents intimacy. Let me just let me give you a definition for intimacy. Intimacy is fully knowing somebody without any reservation or fear. It's like fully knowing somebody. It's like, I am all in. We're going to do this together. And I want to know all the good stuff, and I want to know all the bad stuff. Let me just side note here. This is for free. Have you noticed that marriage is like a magnifying glass? It will highlight all your great stuff. But it will also highlight all your ugly stuff, too. I know y'all find that hard to believe that I got some ugly stuff, but I got some ugly stuff. But I will tell you that whenever you have that person and you just stay in this place of just humility, it will kick out. It will kick out just putting those walls up because I've got to have some help. I'll be honest with you. There are times Kendall was actually at a campus pastor wives retreat. So I was home with all three boys. You're praying for me right now, aren't you? Please. But I aced it. And I remember texting. She was just texting me, just checking in. Hey, how are the boys doing that type of thing? And I texted her back, and I said, hey, baby, I'm acing it. I've got baths. we got the baths taken care of. i got dinner taken care of, Mickey D's. Um, <laughs> i got the baths taken care of. i got dinner taken care of. we got the teeth brushed. I got it. And I just, I'm just always telling her, I got this, baby. I got this. So she comes back, and typically I'll have that response. I mean, I, I like Chad. I do. I like Chad. And whenever I'm doing well at something, I just like to communicate to my bride of how well I'm doing at something. But I've noticed, but I've noticed something. You know what I noticed? In those places that she starts to get kind of closed off to that. But let me just say this. About two weeks ago, there was something that just kind of came up in my life that I got really afraid of. And I got really vulnerable with my wife. And you know what she did? She leaned in. She didn't check out. She was just leaning in. It's like, I want to help you. She prayed with me. And it was just cool to see what God did in that moment. Let me say it again. Humility will invite intimacy into your home. Bring it in, bring it in. James 5, 16 says this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Anybody need to be healed? Any relationships need to be healed? You don't have to raise your hand or anything, but if you want to, you can. I need relationships healed at some times, but it takes me being forthright. It takes me just being open and transparent and vulnerable in order to allow the Spirit of God in to start the healing process. Anybody ever watch Happy Days? Y'all remember the Fonz? Look, I just dated a lot of you guys. There were some of y'all that didn't even raise your hand because y'all didn't want me to date you. No, raise your hand if you've seen Happy Days. 
Yeah, whoa, mercy. Y'all like happy days. Okay. Y'all remember the Fonz? And <laughs> there was this lady that was super excited about the Fonz. Oh, yeah, I remember the Fonz. But there were, these, there, were these, there were these times where didn't the Fonz have a hard time telling me that he was wrong, like sharing, hey, I was wrong in this? You know what it sounded like? Um, wrong. He like had a hard time. Let's not be like the Fonz. Let's just be ready to be able to share and to be able to invite people in, to be able to say, hey, I need some help in this area. So what is the antidote to pride? Are you ready? Number one, admit whenever you were wrong. Admit when you're wrong. Admit that I'm not perfect. We all have faults. We all have idiosyncrasies. We have blunders. We have mistakes. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Laugh at yourself. Just laugh at yourself. Some of us take ourselves way, way, way too seriously. There was a senior citizen that was driving down the freeway when his wife called his cell phone. And she says this, Herman, I just heard on the news that there's a car going the wrong way on Route 280. Please be careful. This is his response. It's not just one car, said Herman. It's 100 cars. (laughs) Took some of you guys a little bit long to get that. Don't tell anybody. Laugh at yourself. We're going to make mistakes sometimes. I promise you this. You're going to want people close to you whenever they hear the crash. To be there to help with the pieces. This is what I love about NLC Cabot because I hear it over and over and over again, specifically in serve groups and life groups, in terms of whenever you hear the crash, people are running to the crash. And they're wanting to pick up the broken pieces. But it takes humility to even bring themselves to this place that invites other people in to help with the crash. I don't know about you, but I need help with the crash. And here's the deal, is I hope that we don't even ever experience the crash because, again, we're humble enough to be able to learn from other people's mistakes. This is what I love about God. We can learn one of two ways. We can learn what not to do based on the consequences that some of us have suffered, right? Or we can learn what to do based on that consequence and the positive results that we see that. Here's what I would encourage every single person to do in this room. I want you to find someone that is 15, 20, 30, 40 years older than you and just listen to their story and be ready to ask a question because it's going to save you a lot of heartache and it's going to, take, it's going to save you a whole lot of pain. Get around wise people that have already done life. Admit whenever you're wrong. Ecclesiastes 7.20 says this, Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. Number two, this is huge, recognize God's grace. Aren't you thankful for his grace? Let me give you a definition of his grace. It's getting something that we don't deserve. You know what mercy is? It's not getting what we deserve. I need both of those. We've got to recognize God's grace. I'll say it this way to you. Failure is never failure whenever you allow the grace of God in or you receive the grace. You know what it turns into? A teachable moment. And I know so many people that get paralyzed in that place of failure that the enemy just continues to beat up, beat them up with it over and over and over and over again. And the Spirit of God is saying, I have grace for that. I want to teach you from that. But they'll never move past it because of the shame and the guilt that they felt in that. And they won't receive God's grace. And God's grace is like right there. It's ready for you. Failure is never failure whenever you invite the grace of God and it's a teachable moment. 
That's for somebody that's in this room right here, right now. Amen? It's huge. we got to get around that, church. Number three. Number three. Give him thanks in worship. So many people have asked me, it's like, Chad, man, how do I get into the presence of God? Like, I want to be there. I want to live for him. I, I need him. I recognize my desperation. I need him in my life. Check out Psalm 100 verse 4. It says this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. I will tell you that when you and I have a thankful heart, there is no room for pride in our life. Just to simply be thankful. Well, Chad, you just don't know my job. You don't know my situation. Do you have a job? thankful may not be the best job but at least you have a job well you, if you only knew what I was dealing with my wife she's so hard headed don't raise your hand on that one if that's you I'm going to save your marriage <laughs> she's there talk with the person that I've talked with who've lost their spouse be thankful So you see how it kicks out pride? See how it pushes it out? There's no room for pride when we have a thankful heart. Let me just say it this way too. God's grace. Be thankful. You were born in the greatest nation in the entire world. Grace. Thankfulness. Be thankful for what God, you didn't choose to where you were going to be born at. But because of God's grace, he birthed you in the greatest nation. Man, be thankful. There's always something to be thankful for. Be thankful for New Life Church. Be thankful for your life group. Be thankful for those friends who will tell you the hard things sometimes. Be thankful for Jesus. Jesus did not have to come for you and me but he's really good about running to the mess and not away from the mess. And I don't know about you, but I had a mess. And I love how he's really good about turning the mess into a message of hope, not just for us, but for other people who may be in a similar mess. I'm just thinking about the prodigal son and I'm thankful for the prodigal son because there was a time in my life that I lived there. You know what the father was always doing on the front porch even after the son had left and he squandered everything away and he's in in the pig pen and he's eating slop. You know what the father is constantly doing? He's on the front porch and he's looking out for his son, hoping that he's going to return at some point. It was the mess, it was the brokenness that caused the the prodigal son to come to his senses. And he was like, man, if I could just get back home, I know that I'm not a son. I know that I'll probably not be reinstated as a son. But if anything, just as a servant, if I could just get back to my dad, and if I could just be a servant, it's going to be a whole lot better than what I'm doing right now. You know what happens in that moment? So he comes to, he's like, I'm just going to, I have the mindset that I'm just going to be a servant for my dad. The dad sees him out of a distance because he came to the truth of recognizing where he was at and what he was met with was the love of the father. That's something to be thankful for. Do you know that the father did not reinstate him as a servant? But you want to know how he was reinstated? Was a son. 
Father God is wanting to reinstate you as a son or a daughter this morning. But it takes us recognizing the mess and not stiff-arming the mess or the brokenness, trying to, to, for pride to like rule out in our lives. He's inviting us back home. Just come back home. So here's what I want to do. Here's the invitation. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to give you an opportunity to respond and just see what the Lord wants to do in your life. Let's do that right now. Thankful for God's word, and I'm thankful that it gives us opportunities to, to respond to his grace. And uh, there's no doubt, you know, my personal everyday walk, one of the biggest inhibitors to me hearing his voice and feeling his grace, uh, hearing it about his will, what he wants for me, is, is when I'm being prideful. And I just want to give you an opportunity. And for some of you, this is, this is going to be a, a great first step in, in you beginning to surrender that pride, begin to walk in humility. And I think it's important to understand that the pride can take a lot of different forms. And, and one of the forms that pride takes sometimes is insecurity. It's when, it's not just when you think more of yourself than you should, it's, it's when you think less of yourself than what God actually created you to be. But it's taking the focus away from who God is and it's, it's just putting it on you. And I, so if it's that form of pride or whatever form of pride that it is, I just, I wanna give us a chance first just to respond to what the Holy Spirit might be doing. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing just to, to confess that before God. And before me, no one looking around. I, this may involve a relationship in your life. And I believe that God's going to give you the courage and the strength to go in and confess this to that person or in that relationship or in that situation or circumstance. But let's start here. If you're here in this room today and you would, you'd be willing to admit, yeah, you know what? I do. I struggle with some pride. Let's put those hands up right now. I want to pray for you. Come on, raise them high. God, I thank you for your grace. I just believe that every person that's raising your hand, every person right now, man, you're gonna begin to receive his grace. You can feel some of that hard-heartedness breaking away. Just, God, I thank you for your grace. You can put your hands down. I pray for every single person, Lord, that just raised their hand. I thank you, Lord, that that, that, that symbol of their confession to you will be a great first step, a great catalyst towards them beginning to walk in a lifestyle of complete and total dependency on you and humility, knowing God that you're the only one that can give them grace, the only one that can give them hope. Anything that they're able to do, they're only able to do it because you allow them, you've created them and in that place, God, they're gonna find their fulfilling and their calling. So I just speak to every one of those hearts and every one of those places, God, where they've struggled Whatever, whatever form of pride it is. And I pray, God, also that if it involves a relationship, if it involves a marriage or a son or daughter or, or something at work or with a neighbor, whatever it is, God, that you now help them by your spirit to go and confess those things, to confess that pride and watch healing and restoration begin to happen in those relationships. I thank you for that. I also want to give you a chance today. One of the greatest forms of, of surrendering and surrendering your pride is admitting that you need Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you've never done that before, you've never just surrendered your life and said, I don't want to do this on my own, or maybe you did. Maybe you, maybe you 
grew up in church, you've been around the things of God your whole life, but you realize recently that you've been away from him, maybe you need to rededicate your life to him today. If you're either one of those people, nobody looking around, if that's you, would you be bold enough to raise your hand so I can pray with you today? As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. Got it? Anybody else? Yes, yes. Got it, thanks. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else? I just need to get right with God today. I need to confess my, my sin before God. I got it, thanks. Anybody else? This is the most important decision you'll ever make. You don't need to worry about anybody sitting around you. This is between you and God. Anybody else? Got it, thank you. Anybody else? Okay. Father God, I thank you for those several hands that were raised. Right there in your chair, just talk to God. Just say, God, here's my life. I know that I can't save myself. I know that I'm a sinner. But I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Right now, I ask for your forgiveness. And I want to surrender all that I am to you. Be my Lord. Be in control of my life. And be my Savior. I want to live for you, not for myself, not according to the way the world wants me to live. But help me to understand what it means to live for you. Help me to understand my purpose and my calling in you, God. God, I, I just pray that you would lead me by your spirit. You'd help me understand your word, what it means for me. God, I thank you for that. Be my Lord and Savior and be my best friend. God, I thank you for the word this morning. I pray, Father, that we'd stay in a place of our hands and our hearts being open to you, how you want to move in a place of humility, and that in that place of thankfulness and humility, you would work through us so that others can see the hope of Jesus Christ in us and through us, God. That's what we want to be about. We thank you for that honor and privilege. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a hand this morning. We had a bunch of people raising their hand to get right with Jesus. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Well, we're getting ready to baptize some folks, uh, and, and so we're going to go into some more worship. I, I do want to let you know that if you just made a commitment to follow Jesus, maybe you weren't planning on getting baptized today, but we were planning on it. And we have everything that you need. If you want to get baptized and you make, you're making that decision, we have changes of clothes. Uh, we have hair care products, like everything that you would need. We even bought y'all underwear. Come on, what kind of church buys you underwear? Come on now. And, uh, but you, we try to remove every excuse that you would have to not get baptized. If you want to go public with your decision to follow Jesus, we'd encourage you to do that. And you'll have a little bit of time to go out there and, and get changed and all that as we're worshiping God a little bit longer this morning. Let's all stand together, if you don't mind. Now, I'd encourage you to stay around and let's celebrate every one of these people uh, with, with as much uh, joy and enthusiasm as we can as they're coming through and, and they're going to start making their way up here uh, to get ready for this baptism. I do want to let you know though before we leave, this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock we're going to be having another night of worship and I encourage you, if you've never been out for one of our nights of worship, man, it's just an awesome, awesome time and, and some of you, maybe you just need to spend a little bit more time in the presence of God around worship and, uh, and that's all it is. It's, it's the same thing that we did to start off the service, but just longer. And, and, uh, and I'd encourage you to, to come and hang out with us. Uh, we always have stuff going on for the kids as well, if you want to bring them. Uh, but I think it's going to be an awesome time. I just want to pray. I want to pray for everybody that's getting baptized. 
And God would just be in this moment. And as soon as we're done singing a couple of these songs, we're, we're gonna start baptizing people. Father God, I thank you so much for every person that's already made the decision to go public with their decision to follow you. I also pray that you would embolden every person that might be wrestling with the decision, even now in their hearts, God. Like, God, that you would help them by your spirit just to surrender that, to be humble. And to not wait any longer, God, if you're moving it all on them to be baptized, that they would make the decision and step out now in courage and in faith. I thank you, Lord, for that. I pray that you would move during this time in a mighty way in every one of these people's lives, God. Let it be a turning point. Let it be a public declaration that would never fade away in their hearts. Help us, God, as the body of Christ to be that encouragement, to be that accountability for them as they make this decision. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship.